Hi, cookbook friends. This is Carrie, and I'm here with Katie from Cookbook Divas. And this week, we wanted to do a quick mini-sode of our new podcast, the Cookbook Divas podcast, because we are so excited that it might potentially snow here in Seattle. This is really exciting. I know we have a lot of readers that are suffering through snow and cold back in Boston and New York and the East Coast. So, Katie, why are we so excited that it might possibly snow? Well, it never snows here. Probably the last time it snowed heavily was two years ago, which was a great time. It was my the best time. My Facebook memories just showed me that last year, earlier this week, was a snow day and it melted off, which is perfect because you don't want people that had to commute back then before the pandemic. They had to commute in snow and that's dangerous and horrible. See, so you guys, here in Seattle, we don't get enough snow. So we barely have any snow equipment for our roads and they don't oh, yeah. plow a lot of them. They'll plow the arterials that go to the hospitals and that's about it. And those of us that are in suburban neighborhoods are screwed because we're not going to get plowed. Well, we're going to drink, but that's, you know, that's different. Right. So yeah. we have, most of us have SUVs or Subarus, so we can kind of get out and about, but it's dangerous and we stay home. And I love snow days. And I happen to live by a stormwater storage pond. So a bunch of neighborhood kids will come slide and sled and all that. And I used to go out and set up a fire pit table for the moms and kind of sneak some wine out there in cups. And I would serve hot cocoa to the kids. But this year, I don't think people are going to let me bring over hot cocoa because of, I mean, yeah. my COVID germs aren't going to be in the cocoa, but eh. Yeah. Could always do little packages, little gift baskets or something. That would be cute. And make it look obvious that I sanitized my hands right, when I made exactly. this. <laughs> yes. So I was laughing because what's the longest you've been snowed in and unable to leave your house? A mine record was eight days. Oh, yeah. Well, that was, wasn't that almost a decade ago when the power was out as well? That was a separate incident, and my record was 10 days without power. Oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> um, well, we got really lucky because we flew out of town when they, they had that big snowstorm. Mm. But um, recently, it, it was only like three days, and we couldn't get out of our parking lot. It, oh, <laughs> so it, we were just sliding around trying to reverse, and it was really, it was kind of pathetic. Anyway, yeah, it was uh, only three days or so. You know, the first couple of days of a snowstorm are fun and you're going out other than the shoveling, which is exhausting. And even though we're legally supposed to shovel our sidewalks, I'm in a four house cul-de-sac and no one should be walking on our sidewalks technically unless they live here. So we kind of have, have a pack like you don't need to shovel. Fair enough. Don't walk on my sidewalk. OK, fine. I won't walk on it. You know. Yeah, no, I we we shoveled a bunch of snow two years ago for everybody because we were all just kind of locked in since we all live in a hill. So. Yeah, yeah, I live on a hill too. So we used to do lots of cooking and baking. And then day four, we'd be sick of muffins and cookies and cakes. Like, oh my God, we have to stop, you know. Yeah. And I started craving like fresh produce. So here in Seattle, and I know people joke about pandemic stocking up back last March, everyone was hoarding toilet paper and milk and bananas, but people make fun of Seattle because we go to the store. And guess what Bob and I did on Super Bowl Sunday instead of watching the Super Bowl? Uh, oh God. <laughs> Store. We went to the store and yeah. stocked up because what kind of foods do you miss when it's been like a week of not being able to leave your house for snow or pandemic? We miss lettuce and milk and butter and eggs and, and fresh, you know, oh, pears. Yeah. And Yes. Oh, definitely. There's only so much bread you can bake before you <laughs> kind of want to <laughs> die a little bit. I don't know. 
I want lettuce. <laughs> and I looked forward pre-pandemic to having some days to just relax and like I have no excuse not to make French toast in the morning and that seems so cute now that we're home every day and there's no reason I can't make pancakes and French toast every morning even on work days <laughs> oh god I love French toast too and I, they're all great best winter foods so I probably should have told everyone why we're recording this podcast today. We wanted to mention some cookbooks that you could grab for your next snow day. And of course, you could buy the Kindle editions if you needed them right away. Uh, I actually do own this cookbook and I wanted to recommend, and you'll find our show links where we're linking to these cookbooks. So you know what we're talking about. There's a cookbook about Abel Skivers which are the Danish style filled pancakes and you use little like wooden skewers to get them out of the pan and cook them up. Well, I am a shopaholic jerk because probably four <laughs> or five years ago, I got really excited to buy the Williams Sonoma Abel Skipper pan. And they had this little video on the website. That's like, look how easy it is to make these little filled pancakes that are more like donuts. And I was like, whoa. And I bought the pan and then I didn't use it because I was busy. You know, this was years ago before the pandemic when I was stuck at home. And then I thought, well, clearly I'm not using this because I don't have a cookbook for it. So I bought the Abel Skivers cookbook and I've still never made Abel Skivers. <laughs> it sounds so good, though. The more you're talking about it, I kind of want to buy it now. <laughs> and I, I don't know have, if I'd use it. Yeah, I have these cute little jams that people gave me for Christmas from like Stonewall Kitchen. And they're all these good flavors like fig jam or cranberry or walnut whatever oh. and I could easily tuck that into the little pancake or I could just dip the pancakes in the jam so I'm oh. very excited that sounds super good well my guilty pleasure during cold days is French toast mm. so uh, one of the cookbooks that I have found is called French toast stacked stuffed and baked which I have never tried a baked French toast ever no, and since you're using gluten-free flours, I wonder if you have to make some adjustments or do a, something a little different on the temperature, or do yeah. they perform like normal flour, or they do they have a little bit more oil content because they're nut-based? Or you know, I I'm not entirely sure. I would imagine you. I'm not sure if a baked one would you would need it to puff up more. So I don't know if you'd need to aerate something or you know put more baking soda or you know uh, any of those but hydrate your or dehydrate your dough actually right. not yeah. hydrate it <laughs> yeah no so oh god this that cookbook looks super tasty to me the third cookbook we wanted to chat about for you guys for snow day possibilities is hannah miles she's one of my favorite cookbook authors because she just whips out so many amazing little I'm not going to say cheap, but inexpensive, smaller cookbooks. And they're just very, very thematic and topical. And she has one on pancakes, waffles, crepes, and French toast. And I'm thinking, if we have, if it's going to snow four days in a row, I should start off with pancakes, which I never make for my boyfriend on, on weekdays for sure. Yeah. And he loves pancakes. But we're Aww. trying to, we're trying to cut back on our sugar a little. <clears throat> but then I could work up to crepes which the, the hard part with that is I don't have a crepe pan, but I can make my skillet or whatever work, but they get, they cool off so fast. So yeah. you want to make a stack of them and keep them in a, you know, a towel and then serve them all at once. And yeah. then I can work my way up to a little bit harder waffles because it's hard. I have a waffle maker. Thank you. I have used it before. See, I'm not <laughs> just a shopaholic, 
but it's hard not to get them overcooked or undercooked. Like, oh, they have to be perfect. And then no, I could try I, making yeah. French toast. So that's Hannah Miles's pancakes, waffles, crepes, and French toast. Irresistible recipes from the griddle. That sounds awesome. And I could also, so I have a fire pit and we have all this wood that we're waiting to burn up because it's too stinky of wood to burn in the house, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. That's my first world problem. My wood is too stinky. <laughs> uh, hey, actually, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. So we're going to do bonfires, and I bet I could cook pancakes outside on a little cast iron skillet over the bonfire while drinking brandy. <clears throat> That'd be fun. Wow. Okay. That sounds really good. <laughs> and that actually ties into my cookbook, the Ski House Cookbook, because I can just imagine going on this really awesome ski trip in it, like at a cabin, having a fire pit and your whole family getting together. Oh, yeah. That sounds so awesome. I, that's a great idea, actually. Um, this cookbook's really cool because it comes with 125 recipes from breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So it covers more than the awesome breakfast sweets that we've been talking about. But <laughs> they're all specifically meant to kind of warm your bellies for the cold season. So I'm not a skier. Are you a skier at all? No, I was a ski mom, so I would go with the kids from the school as one of the chaperones, and I'd sit in the lodge. And, of course, if you're there with other people's kids, you can't be hitting the, the bar. Darn it! But I'd have hot cocoa and read a book, and then they'd come in because they fell down, and I would bandage their knee and hug them and send them back out. And it was super fun. Yeah, I think it's But fun. I'm not a skier, so if I rented a ski house with a bunch of friends, I would probably just stay home like a loser, but I'd be so happy, and I would read books all day, and then I would have dinner ready for them when they got back. Yeah, I think that's kind of why I like this cookbook being called The Ski House, because you don't have to be a skier to enjoy, you know, going out into, you know, the cabin with all the snow. I personally like doing exactly what you're doing. I do like sledding, though. So, mm. but oh, yeah. yeah, anyway. I would yeah. sled. And I'd go for walks. I have snow boots. I'd go for a walk until I got tired and cold and cranky. And then I would go back in and go, yay, mm. liquor. <laughs> yes, liquor is important. The fifth cookbook I wanted to talk to you guys about is the Camp Dutch Oven Cookbook. Now, it's meant for camping, and we're not camping on a snow day, but I actually own three Dutch ovens, and one of them is all pretty, and it's my favorite color, aqua, and it only is ever used on my stove. But the other two are crappy old ones or just cast iron Dutch ovens that I don't mind if I'm using them actually over a fire. So circling back to my bonfire cooking, I actually own this Camp Dutch Oven cookbook, although I've never cooked from it. And I would love to just make dinner outside, in the snow, whatever. Here in Seattle, we're pretty tolerant of getting wet and cold. We're, we're used to it. We're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. I would have my good layers on and my good raincoat on the top. And I want to make some baked beans, but from scratch, not just open a can and dump it into the pan like I usually do. Ooh, that would be fun. <laughs> I actually think I've cooked out of this cookbook as well. Um, it's so versatile that just Dutch ovens in general. I don't have one and I really need one. My uh -oh. best friend has one and we Christmas hint, one. birthday Shh. hint. No. <laughs> <laughs> um so the sixth cookbook that we want to talk about is called The Winter Table. So this is kind of like the Dutch oven one where, you know, it's about fireside feasting with family and friends. I wish we could do that more right now, obviously. But these are like, you know, more 
dinner oriented and, you know, wholesome meals that are just really filling and just really awesome, like soups and awesome, like curries, just hefty warming mm, meals. Oh, curry. And like, oh, good idea. Risotto. So many good things in this cookbook. And it's really pretty too. the, the photos in this cookbook. So I might have to get that. Cause I'm, I, you guys don't know me that well. This is a new podcast and a new blog, but before coronavirus, I was a crazy hostess. I probably, without exaggerating, hosted two or three parties a week. And you get it down to a science. And I wasn't really making gourmet food at that point because the frequency, but I'd have 10 or 15 people over on a Sunday and maybe 10 or 12 over on a Friday for a cocktail party. So I miss hosting. And I'm thinking that I'm trying to stay positive about the pandemic and the changes that is brought to us. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to be able to throw outdoor dinner parties in April, May, and June here in Seattle, which will be, you know, when it rains here, it sprinkles. We don't get really soaking wet. There's not a lot of downpours. And But I think we're all now more tolerant of being outdoors socializing than we were in the past. I mean, I wouldn't even get out my outdoor picnic table or all my teak furniture until mid-June because I'm like, what's the point? No one's going to come over. It's raining. It's cloudy. It's cold. And now it's like, as long as I have a bunch of bonfires and a couple patio heaters, I think people will be like, I'd love to come over and eat your non-gourmet food. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Especially with the pandemic going on. Yeah. We're craving social events right now. (laughs) Now, I do not own this book and I'm about to run and buy it. It's called Camp Cocktails, Delicious Drinks to Drink Outdoors. Um, I love drinking, especially (laughs) since the pandemic. Don't judge me. I'm very thirsty. Um, But I want to up my game because I haven't really done a lot of hot drink. Like if I'm going to drink whiskey, I put it in the glass and start drinking it. Yay. And I don't usually bother with an ice cube because I'm kind of hardcore that way. But I want to make some hot drinks that are alcoholic and not just be like, you want me to make you a screwdriver? That's kind of ghetto at this point, (laughs) since I'm 51 years old. Oh, hey, I drink those. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's because you're not 51 years old. I know. Screwdrivers are delicious and they get Uh, you drunk fast. And that's the point of them. But no judgment. Okay. Yeah, no, I would love. I, I can't wait to look through this cookbook once you get it. (laughs) <laughs> and so speaking of, I guess, childlike <laughs> uh, comfort drinks, uh, there's another cookbook called Hot Cocoa Comfort. Oh, yeah, which we all know hot cocoa is the perfect thing for wintertime. It is definitely one of my favorite things to do or to make during cold seasons and i have the time and no excuse now to up my game because i can't just open swiss miss for adults and throw it in a cup like i do for kids i just can't no i (laughs) yeah and and use water and not milk there's so many things yeah but this cookbook looks really good there's 50 recipes in here so that that's really reassuring now I'm allergic to cinnamon, but I can have little bits of it. I just can't have too much. So my trick was to take a cinnamon stick while the water is or milk is boiling and kind of swirl it around a little bit oh. or leave it in there while it cooked. And I just added a little bit of flavor, but not too much. I wasn't like taking a, a sugar shaker full of cinnamon sugar and throwing it in there, but it's mm. oh, nice. Yeah. Hey, question for you, not to put you on the spot, but you're gluten-free. 
Does yeah. hot cocoa mixes have gluten in them? So you actually have to customize your own hot cocoa to prevent that and use high quality chocolate or what's the deal? Uh, yeah, sometimes. So I, per so I love white chocolate. I, I know it's technically not chocolate, whatever, mm. but they have white chocolate, hot cocoa, but you have to be careful, especially with white chocolate because they do have a lot of like gluten and wheat additives. I don't know why, but they do mm. usually with dark chocolate or yeah, milk chocolate you're usually fine but i do always read the label anything with powder freaks mm. me out honestly mm -hmm. so but yeah sometimes yeah definitely i would always be careful of that i'm going to mention a cookbook and you're going to hear me typing because i want to see what the cover looks like again fireside treats oops the actual name is Fireside Feasts and Snow Day Treats. And I think I need to own this. But I don't want to buy it on Kindle because I want to hold it in my hands. And there's a couple different editions of it because they keep updating it. And right now there's a goof on Amazon because the hardcover is $76. Hell no. Oh, wow. That's ridiculous. That's obviously an error. Yeah, unless it's an encyclopedia. Yeah. It's by Ryland Peters and Small. And they're a compiler, so a bunch of different cookbook authors worked on it. And it's not just Christmassy, but I definitely would start reading it late November. You know, it's getting cold. Sure. Uh, they say, what better way to spend an icy afternoon than preparing a delicious meal to share with family and friends? Full of great ideas for winter entertaining. Now, I'm not going to make the braised pot roast with red wine or the slow-cooked lamb. Mm. But I like the tips on winter salads and... A blue cheese salad, roast butternut oh. squash. Uh, the desserts are brownies, which I don't really need a brownie recipe. But they have a sugar pavlova with cinnamon cream and pomegranate and festive drinks and toddies. It's basically an all-in-one if you're only going to buy one cookbook for your little winter snow day. It would probably be that one. Mm. Mm. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, the last cookbook that we want to talk about is called Let It Snow. 24 <laughs> recipes for festive sweet treats. And so, they're not, oh, I'm sorry, no. are these super crispy or is it applicable now that Christmas is over? Oh, they're totally applicable now that Christmas is over. Mm. Uh, for instance, the one that popped out at me, the first recipe is called uh, mold wine tartlets, which oh. is, I know we have mold, you know, what is it, cider, mold wine. Oh my God. It's right that there. That sounds good. Yeah, that sounds but really good. It does. And then they have like they have a poppy seed and marzipan hearts, almond brittle oh. snowflakes, just oh, cute cute <laughs> stuff in here. It's not a big cookbook, so it would be cool if you do have like a winter cabin or something. It'd be great to have, you know, to travel with you or you could just leave it at your winter cabin. It's a cute cookbook. And you guys will notice that we stopped and didn't talk about any bread baking cookbooks because back before the pandemic, everybody would bake bread on a snow day. And now I'm pretty much, I think I'm speaking for most Americans. We're tired of baking bread. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, definitely. Feel free to argue with me in the comments and tell me about all the beautiful bread that you're baking in February, but I'm personally breaded out. Can't do it. I'm breaded out too, <laughs> but I'm always breaded out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, thank you everybody for listening and I'd love to hear your snow comments and feel free to laugh at us Seattleites for being super excited about snow, but come on, we hardly ever get it. It's going to be fun and it'll be so beautiful and quiet and I love looking out the window from my safety by the fireplace. 
drinking oh. something delicious and looking at it snow out the window. Ah, yeah, no. <laughs> I love cooking in the in the snow. It's wonderful. Not so, in it. <laughs> well, yeah. That might happen though. I want to be outside burning up my stinky wood, and I'm, I promise not to cook food over the stinky wood. Oh my goodness! The stinky wood is for later after we're done eating. <laughs> I don't know why it's stinky. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, so thank you everybody for listening, and we hope that you will join us on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube, and we're on Pinterest occasionally for more cookbook look-throughs and of course this is our new podcast let your friends know about it if they like to download podcasts to take with them on the road during their winter snow adventures thanks so much <laughs>